Hello and welcome to episode 16 of Dial H for Hero Clicks. I'm your host, Hunter Smith. With me today, Drew. I got no nickname today. Yeah, you're. Drew's looking awful spiffy in his leather jacket today. We'll call him Drew. Mr. Sp- Drew Alderson and Austin Smith. Who is not looking spiffy. Who is, in fact, looking the opposite of spiffy. You know what? We're trying to be positive on this podcast oh, today. It's a positive, happy we'll day. We'll just say Austin's here. How about that? We won't go into that. That's almost more insult. Today we will be discussing <laughs> news and spoilers. The changes that have derived from the Heroclix watch list already. Ooh. It's been pretty quick since we talked about that one. A month? Maybe? Yeah, not even that. Really? Or Yeah, I guess, I guess about a month. Uh, we'll be talking about those changes. And comics-wise, we're going to be talking about Thor God of Thunder. Yeah. It's a very good book. Very We're going to start off with a little what we played. Just got back from the dugout where we played 1,500 points. Uh, I tried to do big points games at the dugout once every three months so that people can bust out their Colossals or whatever giant uh, forces they've been wanting to run. Like Phoenix, if you want to play all of the Phoenix 5 at full point value or you know whatever. If you want to run a big Avengers team or whatever you want to run, try to let, do that every three months. However, this time we did meteor shower, and I made up four different kinds of meteors, and I randomly it was pretty fun. Uh, I don't know. Did you guys like it? I mean, I liked it. I thought it was pretty fun. The only problem I kind of had, I would have rather had you do more smaller meteors instead of big ones, because for some reason they were all small. No, I mean like just like target and adjacent drop like a ton of those. Oh, because calculating out like the three to fours and stuff like that got kind of crazy from time to time. I did uh, four types of meteors, and I rolled to see which ones would hit. The two most common ones were ice and fire. On ice, I had to give action tokens. Uh, fire ones gave penetrating damage. I had, uh, If I rolled a five, I did a, a giant, which hit. Didn't do a whole lot of damage, but it covered about one-fourth of the map. And then once per game, if I rolled a six, I would let it. I would only let it happen once per game, but I had Armageddon, and it pretty much covered half the map. Yeah. It didn't do a ton of damage, but it just covered and affected like half the map. Bruce Willis and Aerosmith? Or... Yeah, Bruce Willis rides in. Hold <laughs> on. God, that was an awful movie. It is terrible. That's one of those movies where like everybody's like, this is the best movie ever made. Oh, I know. And then you watch it, and you're like, what the fuck? Piece of shit is this? Too bad it's not the drinking podcast this week. That's right. I'll say whatever I want. Um, what did you play, Austin? Uh, well, after being derided for a few, uh, few hours from you guys for my choice of team, I ran a nine carrions and an army of zombies. Um, carrions Took got... all of ten seconds to build that team. <laughs> Put a lot of thought in. I was like, 1500, I'm gonna run a monster team with some zombies. It's like, it's meteors, it's the apocalypse, let's have some fun with this. How many carrions do I have? They're like big zombies. Um, Carrion's got a special poison. Anyone under 100 points takes two damage. Anyone over gets an action token. Um, so I was like, well, people are going to be running team bases and colossals, so I'll just base two Carrions on them and just permanently keep them from doing anything. Um, that didn't work out so well against Hunter because uh, he decided to run that, well, when he gets to what he ran. Let's just well, say there's colossal coloss- stamina. All colossals have colossal yeah, stamina. true. I didn't think it through. It was a fun team, though, and I, I did have, like, the first game was against someone who ran 24 of the Batman 66 figures. So, uh, that was pretty fun, um, between all the meteors causing us to spend four hours clicking everything and the poison from Carrion, it was fun. Um, second match was against you, but I'll let you 
You say what happened there. I played uh, a really fun team. I had like a dozen bystanders, and I chose all the generic citizen guys, like like a semi-truck driver and a reporter and old woman and clerk and, and runner. photographer and all this stuff, and... I'd have the old lady move real cl- slow across the map. Or no, I had her tra- <laughs> I had her running towards the monsters because she wanted to die. She was ready to give it up. And then I would have um, like all my kaiju be chasing them across the map at the beginning of the turn. So basically my rounds would start off as all my uh, human guys would run away. And then all my monsters would chase my human guys across the map. And basically I, I thought of the meteors coming down as like... The kaiju are destroying buildings and debris falling yeah. on the people while they're running away. And I had the photog- the uh, tourist guy, the little Japanese tourist guy, stop and take pictures every now and then of the monsters, and then he'd end up inevitably getting killed or ran over. That was pretty fun. I zombified all of those guys. That was pretty funny. I had like two mole men, and, or three mole men. I had all the kaiju except for Scunner, because I didn't really like his dial, and I didn't have a whole lot of points left. So I, I took him completely out, and I put the full gauntlet on Slattern, which is just not even nice. Um, it's not. Slattern's pretty good at, at full points, and then you throw the Infinity Gauntlet on him, and he goes from pretty good to pretty broken. Uh, I went 3-0. and There was another team that was very similar, Slattern with Gauntlet and Scunner, I think, with a ton of Colossal support. And a Tuma, yeah. Um, I played that that team last round and I focused I basically just wanted to see if I could kill Slattern if it was even possible to kill Slattern before the time ran out and uh, I got lucky enough to to take him down <clears throat> before time ran out um, I can't remember what did I play oh I just played you and then I played that because first round I set out Yeah, Drew did really well what did you run Drew? I ran uh, anti-monitor from what He's from Crisis, the Crisis. Uh, the Guardian of Fear anti-monitor. Because there's a couple different versions. Yeah, there's... I, I got the Guardian of Fear one because that's my favorite version. A new version coming with the upcoming lantern, so... Yeah, true. Yeah, I ran him, I ran the Trinity Ascend team base, and I read, ran Dead Man. And the event was 1,500 points, and I thought I was running the other <laughs> anti-monitor was 1,000. So I prepped for 1,000, but it didn't end up happening, so... I was about 300 points short, but in retrospect, I don't think that m- made like too much of a difference on my game plan. Um, the first game I went up against, uh, who was it? Oh, it was against a team full of uh, just random pieces. Like It was like a bunch of stuff from Thor and a bunch of stuff from X-Men with an X-Men, uh, which one? Uh, gold team base. Yeah, the X-Men gold team voice at uh, max points. Um, they went after Anti-Monitor first, predictably, so he got down to his Pulse Wave clicks, where he becomes just a beast. Doesn't he heal? He, he, he can heal up to four for each opposing character. He Pulse he Waves, and then each person who takes damage, he heals one click for each or something. Yes, but he... Plus, you've got the Infinity Gauntlet Steel Energy Gem on top of that, so if you kill people, then you're healing two more. Gosh. You don't have to reduce it by half, and his damage... And his damage value is how much damage you deal. So it deals four to everyone. Jeez. I pretty much wiped out my second opponent's team with that because he was it was the 100 play third round. And I killed, like, I had to have killed at least ten pieces in one turn. <laughs> it was pretty great. 
I lost, but you know, I went two and one. And then the last game was kind of just a big old stomp. I love that Anton Wonder. I haven't got actually gotten to use him. I played against him. I once. played against him twice. Austin's played against him once. I hate him. He's very. I actually <laughs> beat him the two times I've played against oh, no, him. I've, I've played but him it's twice. very close. Because you played against my Shuma. Oh yeah, when I first got him, yeah, we played one quick round. Holman and Shuma versus Anti Monitor and Sinestro and White Lantern and Sinestro. Um, I love him. I, He's so. Good. I like the character already, anyways, but I like his abilities, and he has uh, having um, the Green Lantern core. Yeah, um, AT or team ability on that is great because if you're carrying around a bunch of AIM agents or Scarlet Witches or whatever, yeah, carry them around and with he's you. He's the most likely to pick up eight figures at once. Yeah, his other figures you have to literally surround them. So yeah, he's a fun piece, and I have the one where his light, eyes light up, and he looks yeah. like he looks like a jack o' lantern. So whenever you go to pulse wave, you turn that on and <laughs> strike fear into the hearts of everyone. So we had some fun. Um, Wednesday, I played at Game Preserve where we did a cool event. Uh, you build a six hundred point team using six exactly six characters, no resources or ATAs. You can have relics, and. Basically, you start off, you and your opponent spread out your six figures, and you each roll a dice, one through six, and whichever uh, character is in that slot, you use that character versus whoever they rolled to pick up. So you have a 1v1, and you do six rounds of that. And then at the end of all the six matchups, then you uh, count up your points, and the person with the highest points wins. Uh, we play it on the team base map the maps that come with the team bases which are like eight by eights or something like that and they're over pretty quick um i actually my my initial assumption was that these rounds would take like way longer than an hour each but they're most people were getting done way before time was up so it the the good thing about it is um it did make you think a little more often about when to push and when not to push or at least i was i i kind of got that from it yeah um the only bad thing is it takes a lot of the positioning tactics out of the game. Actually, it pretty much takes them completely out of the game. Because most characters... I think you only need like a 9 plus for a charge to be able to reach them on turn 1. And there was no first round immunity. Oh, okay. So... Did not know that. So it was basically just beatdowns one-on-one. But it ended up being really fun. Uh, I played... Um, six figures that I've been wanting to try out. Actually, Electra I have played before, but I had 80 points left, and she was a good figure that I haven't used forever and that I love. Oh, yeah, because it was Silver Age, wasn't it? Yeah, it was Silver Marvel only. Yeah, that... Uh, I played Silver Samurai from the new set. Pretty much everybody had him on their team, mainly due because once per game he gets a free phase teleport. Uh, He rolled his blades four times that night. He rolled three sixes and one five. (laughs) So... He did pretty dang well. I'd say uh, so. Uh, I played the 100-point Colossus, who I've had played against me but never played before. He was really good. Oh, I like him. I played Ulick, who I just picked up from Hammer of Thor. He's an old figure. Yeah. And I used him because, for one, when am I ever going to be able to play him on a theme team or anything? Like, he doesn't have good keywords. But he has a cool defense ability where he reduces all damage to one. And in my head, I was thinking, he'll only take one every turn. But I for, I during the first game, I was like, oh, shit. It says reduces to yeah. one. So he'll still get psychic blasted and exploit weakness. Uh, he had to go off against Archangel first, very first round of the very first game. And I was like, he's just going to psychic blast me in. That Archangel uh, missed him. 
He only has like 15, 14 defense the whole time. Yep. But he starts off with two pretty hard-hitting clicks. He has charge, super strength with four damage, so he can hit for six already. Uh, and he has close combat expert. Next click, he gets a 12 attack with the charge and super strength. So he hits really hard, but he's very easy to hit, and he can be psychic blasted and outwitted. Or, uh, he cannot be outwitted or pulse waved, the defense power. That's one good thing about it, but it can be psychic blast or exploit weakness. He did excellent for me. I think he only lost one round. Uh, I did Sunspot because for his points, he's ridiculous. Yeah, he starts yeah. off charge super strength, then you hit him for four, and he goes on to running shot pulse wave. Um, he paid off. I think he won all three of his rounds, if I'm remembering correctly. I played Electra, 80 points. I know she's an excellent figure. She didn't. She actually didn't do very well for me. I don't think she won a single round, but she had very tough matchups. Like she had to play Ghost Rider two out of the three rounds. Oh my gosh! Um, so, or she won her first one, but she didn't win the other two after that. And then my last figure was the Iron Spider, and I brought all the other ones you can change them into. Yeah, I thought about doing that. It was so useful. He didn't even come close to losing. I don't think he came close to losing a round. I'm. I don't think. Uh, basically what I do is start off with uh, Iron Spider because he has a running shot. The other two don't start with um, as good of top opening clicks. And then when he would get hit, I would do a melee and then switch into the guy who has um, late dial, invul, and shape change, I think. See, what I thought it's about so doing good. was playing like the four identity crisis ones and upgrading kind of. See, I don't like them though. I was looking at They're their dials. I don't. Re- well, the problem also is... Two of the four of them work very well, but only with teams. Because yeah. the Prodigy has the defend thing that helps yeah, out and, uh, and Dusk, Dusk carries is, people yeah. around. So I, was, I, I originally was going to run them, but then I was looking at their dials like, they would actually suck for this. See, the team I built for it originally, I didn't end up going because I had some stuff to do, but I was going to run a running shot pulse wave team. I was looking at like that. The, the hard part about it was deciding whether you wanted to gamble your points on a few high point figures. Yeah. Or if you wanted to go straight even across the board. So, like, my first team I built was 150 Magic and Cyclops, the Phoenix 5 Chases, because they have running shot pulse wave. And that Cyclops is a really good RCE. Um, and Magic, of course, is Mystics. She's just a good figure all around. And then uh, 100 Point Dark Phoenix. I think I had Ronin on there, because he has running shot pulse wave. On I saw a lot of 100 Dark Phoenixes. Luckily, I didn't have to play any of them, but I saw a lot of them there. Um... And then, of course, Silver Samurai. Freaking, when they were talking about the idea for that event in the first place... Like I said, everybody has Silver Samurai. Corey messaged me about that event. He goes, do you know what they're doing? He was like, no, I haven't looked yet. And I was looking over and I was like, I'm running Silver Samurai and Wolverine and Colossus. And then, like, that's what, like, supposedly everyone ended up running was characters like that. I was like, figures. Yeah, I don't <laughs> think I saw a single team that didn't have Silver Samurai. Maybe, like, one. Um, one, the highest point piece I saw was a full dial, a full point, um, Namor, uh, Chase. It was like 300 points. Yeah, three something. <laughs> that was Nick. Um, and it got beat by Ghost Rider. <laughs> which, Ghost Rider's so stupidly good. Even not. without resources. Jeez, in ATA, his, his dial. I remember the very first Spidey Sealed we did, I pulled him and I played him. And yeah. I destroyed everybody at Rob's that week. And I was like, this Ghost Rider is legit. Josh played that Midnight Suns team that one time and completely destroyed everybody. And he had a Ghost Rider on there, too. Uh, so, overall, my team did well. I, I went 2-1. and one. The, the game I did lose was against Jairus. We both went 3-3, three and three, but he had more points than me. 
Um, That's always what happens. <laughs> it was, yeah. It was Silver Samurai. My Silver Samurai versus his Sabretooth was the round that cost me the whole uh, game. I teleported over, rolled a six on Blades. I was like, one shot, baby, it's over. Nope, Sabretooth on his last click. He rolls full for his regen, heals up, and then just proceeded to hit Super Senses every single turn and ended up barely beating me. And I was like, no. Uh, he had a Ghost Rider and a lot of figures that I had too. So um, it was fun though. It, it was a cool change of pace. It's fun to have events like yeah, that, you I'm know, every really, now and then. I'm really sad I skipped that one. I really should have gone. Uh, next week's the Halloween one, so we'll have some fun. Oh with yeah, that. that one's gonna be a blast. So we didn't get too many chances to play this week, um, but we will be talking about best build here a little later in the podcast. First, we're gonna move into some news. There was quite a bit of. Uh, spoilers. Especially an Iron Man one. Yeah, I, and I have a couple other little Iron Man uh, tidbits to add later as well. First thing we saw was Melter. We didn't talk about him last week, right? No. I didn't think so. Uh, the Melter is from the main set of Invincible Iron Man. Yeah, we are. I'll let you talk about him, Austin. So, Mel- Melter's like a Silver Age villain. He shows up every now and then as kind of like a joke in the modern comics. So, like, of course he looks absolutely absurd. Um, they recently rebooted him, but this is his old version. Um, he's got Hammer Industries, Mandarin Minion, Mandarin's Minions, and Masters of Evil, which Hammer and Mandarin's Minions are the two new keywords from Invincible Iron, or the two big ones. He's an original Master of Evil, too, isn't he? Yeah, he's yeah. one of the, the whole original Masters of Evil are going to be in this set, supposedly. Um, his improved targeting is he can shoot through anything, which improved targeting breaks, um... Breaks blocking terrain. That's so good. Um, he's got sidestep penetrating, uh, 17 energy shield, and uh, a special damage ability. If Melter targets a character with the armor, robot, or vehicle keyword, he gets plus one attack and damage. If he hits, he can use outwit until your next turn, but when he does, he may only target the hit character. He's got six range, no end on, Masters of Evil TA. Um, 86 points, though. Um, and then he's got the Hammer Industries ATA, which we'll see a lot with a lot of the spoilers we talk about today. Um, characters using this team ability can use Perplex, but only to target a character with the Armor, Hammer Industries, or Robot keyword. This use of Perplex may not modify damage, and no character may be targeted by this team ability more than twice per turn. This is in addition. This use is in addition to any other uses of Perplex. So it doesn't override... So like... Normally, you can only use Perplex once a turn or whatever if you have it. This keeps you from using it multiple times. Or this keep, this doesn't count towards your use as a Perplex for the turn. So you could have it and Perplex on one character. Yeah. Correct. Um, and it's five points. So um, he, he's cool for 86 points. And I mean, round him up to 91 with the ATA, and that's a really cool Perplex on an armor, hammer, robot team. Um, Plus, they just got the robot ATA, too, so that gives you options if you wanted to run either either ATA, whichever one suits you better. Um, I like I actually like his Molten Armor ability because it, he just tar- he has to target them, that's all. He doesn't have to... Yep. Oh, and if he hits. If he targets them, he gets the plus one attack and damage. If he hits, he can use that wit. Mm. So, it's it's cool. I mean, like, it's... I kind of wish they would do more keyword hate abilities that aren't... So, like, this is pretty solid. It's just one attack and damage... It's flavorful, but it's not, like, broken. He's a pretty good piece. For 86 points, yeah. He's he's a, he's a really good sealed piece, in my opinion. Um, 
Definitely. Especially for Invincible Iron Man, because there's going to be a lot of armor and robot keywords, so his damage abilities yeah. can kick in a lot. He has Masters of Evil, which is one of the best team abilities. And a character who drops into Pulse Wave at he's his a ri- point value? At his point value, he's just a very good secondary attacker for Sealed. Um, I, I would definitely run so him. so damn ridiculous. I'd definitely run him if I Dude, pulled him. Dude, he's a golden... He, I know, he, he's, he's, he's an old school age. He's going to look ridiculous. Like we said, that wasn't the only... Uh, Iron Man spoiler we got this week. Oh, there were, there was the big one I've been waiting on, and that's the uh, Hammer Industries drones. They have armor, Hammer Industries, and robots. They're seventy five points a piece. Um, uh, on their card, they also have the Hammer Industries ATA thing. Um, they have their top dial is running shot in cap, sixteen toughness, and two two damage with their special damage power. Which this isn't a rescue; it's an ambush. When Hammer Industries drone carries a character with the Hammer Industries keyword and a lower point value, modify the defense value of both characters by plus one until your next turn. Now, they're five they're only five range, they're double bolt flyers though. So they they're a seventy five point carry. Um, they ignore hindering with improved targeting. Um, they're not bad in cap characters for seventy five points, and on top of that if you're running Hammer Industries ATA, they're eighty point perplex double bolt in caps that can carry. I mean, that's a solid. It's not an amazing piece. Yeah, he's he's pretty meh. He'll he'll be fun if you like running these pieces. Yeah. Um. He's not god awful though. He's definitely. He's a little expensive for his points. Yeah. Yeah, that's really all it boils down to. Um. Sadly, the dial it's kind of like on and off. Like he starts running shot in cap, then he's just running shot, then he's in cap, then he's nothing, then he's in cap, then he's running shot. Um, you're only going to run him with Hammer Industries teams. Um, but even then, if you're playing a fun event and you want to run a Hammer Industries, Industries team, you'll de- probably definitely run a yeah, couple of the these guys. Yeah, the sexy. I mean, I love that sculpt. He did a really great job with it. Something that. about it reminds me of Dr. Robotnik from, <laughs> yeah. from uh, Sonic. No, and then, then we also have Justin Hammer, who also just has, uh, he has Hammer Industries keyword, and his trait is, I know all the players. Characters with the armor, hammer industries, or robot keyword may be targeted by Justin Hammer's Outwitter Perplex if they're within 10 squares, regardless of range or line of fire. See, and that's pretty cool because um, if he has the ATA on, he can double perplex someone through walls, effectively, as long as they're within 10. So you can leave him back in almost your starting area. I am willing to bet that this will be the best piece for support in Invincible Iron Man. I... I could see that to a point. Uh, no, if he had some, if only he had because perm- his his thing is limited to armor. Ham- oh, you mean just an ended- invincible Iron Man sealed? Okay, and sealed. Yeah, yeah, for sure, definitely. Um, I just wish his perplex was on top dial, but I guess hammer. I'm just saying does he's a too. common. He's 54 points. He, he, you make him 59, and he's got double perplex. Yeah, he's 54 points, as Drew said. Um, his dial's pretty clear. Um, it's just a typical outwit perplex character. He's not gonna attack anybody with eights and sevens and ones and zeros. I don't know, man. Um, his defense ability is it's all above the board and legal. He can use mastermind. He can use it to transfer damage to characters of 150 points or less if they're within three squares and have the armor, hammer, industries, or robot keywords. So I mean, he gets a he gets a slight range on his mastermind, which is kind of cool. And robots and stuff typically have heavier dampeners, so. It's not bad at all. Like I, I could see myself playing this guy on an Ar- on an Iron Man team in the future or something like that. Um, a double perp is nothing to scoff at within ten squares when he gets down dial, especially for fifty nine points. He's not awful, but I, eh, he's pretty meh. Although 
He's niche. Again, yeah, he's very niche. If you're going to run a Hammer Industries team, you're probably definitely going to play him. You know who he reminds me a lot of uh, in that aspect is uh, Lucius Fox from the That's exactly the main Batman say. set. He is not a yeah. good figure in and of itself, but if you're going to run a Batman Inc. team, you'll probably run mm-hmm. him just to give what you some support. What makes him a good figure for Sealed, though, is that he's 54 points, he's a common, so you might pull two. In which case, your Iron Man's going to get turned up that two to damage, yeah. And see, that's the thing. Since he has a normal perplex down dial, you're looking at a character that can perp damage with the normal perplex and then perp attack with the special ATA one. Um, it, he's cool. I like him. I mean, like, I don't... Yeah, I'm not hating on him. I'm yeah, just saying he's not... He's, not, I mean, it, he's niche. He's, he's not exciting niche. me or anything. If you're running robot, hammer, or armor, once again, great piece. If you're running anything else, no. I'm just saying he's, like, in terms of sealed, he's going to be a pain in the ass. Yeah, he will. Uh, there was something else Iron Man I wanted to show. Oh. There was a Twitter spoiler, wasn't there? Um, well, on the, um, hmm. ups, upcoming set forums on HC Realms, uh, there was pictures of the gravity feed box, and on the side we have Crossbones and Guardian, which we already knew yeah. were in the gravity feed, but there's also a gravity feed puck, a gravity feed Aurora and North Star. We didn't know about Aurora or North Star. All, all the Alpha Fighter and the gravity on feed. On the side of it, yeah. Uh, I know, we just haven't had official yeah. um, spoilers for those yet. And there were also slides from a con that showed the Brothers Grimm Rescue and the Wrecker. Yeah. So those are all figures that will be in the set, but haven't been officially spoiled yet. I just wanted to mention with, them while we were talking about it. Yeah. It's Iron Man. With the set rolling out here in a month, the spoilers are going to be ramping up really heavy. I'm really looking forward to seeing what they throw. Um, what we've seen already has been really cool, and as an Iron Man fan, I like it because a lot of what they've spoiled isn't like it's not like super metagamey good stuff. It's just really flavorful stuff that I, I'm going to have fun playing with, and that's it, what I like. It's reminded me a lot of the Batman set, honestly, yeah. which is good, because I, I liked that and set. Because the Batman set had a lot of really basic figures, yeah. but they had little niche uses that were kind of cool, and that's what I like. And that, that's why, as you said, I'm really looking forward to this set. The, uh, the Iron Man fan likes the Iron Man set. Go figure. Who, who yeah, but it, it could be easy to screw it up. It's going to depend on the ring distribution for me. Yeah, we were talking about the rings today, and uh, I'm really hoping that I'm hoping one and three. There's a lot of packs for them, or that they're in a lot of packs and not super spread out. Um, if it's like one and five. Speaking that's of thing. Marvel main set uh, news, there is an advertisement for the Deadpool OP kit. Although it does not specifically list the figures. We do know that there will be three copies each of four different LEs, so that's always welcome oh, yeah. news. There will be four different um, characters. There will also be 33D special objects, ten copies of three. So there's going to be three different objects and four different figures, so that's great. It, that's if you did one every great. week, that's crazy, your venue, that would be seven weeks of support for us, so I'm pretty happy about that, uh, along with the ten maps that they always throw in. So pretty happy with that. The... There were two uh, Lord of the Rings spoilers. Uh, I'm not super excited about either one of them, but I'm glad they're in there. I mean, those are two characters that definitely have to be in the set. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Amir is 68 points. He has a trait that lets him use the carry ability, and then he has charge and a special defense or a damage power. Amir and adjacent friendly characters modify their attack value by plus one when making a close combat attack. 
if that character has moved this turn, modify its damage value by plus one for this attack as well. Uh, not bad. I'm kind of here's. I guess especially considering he gets carry, so he can carry him in with him. But he, his gonna, dial's not exciting for 68 points. He's gonna get a mounted version though, probably because I mean th- this is a mirror. Yeah. But what's cool about the only thing I could see is that they might do a Mary or Pippin or somebody who, when they're carried, can attack afterwards. Then I could see taking advantage of this trade or something a little well, bit. I think I, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I think the best thing about him is how close to the actor he actually looks. Yeah, they did a great job with that sculpt. If it comes out it's looking like ridiculous, that. I'm like you guys know. I'm super excited for the set. The main thing I'm super excited about is they have not shown anything for the mounts, yeah. and I just am like getting an anticipation of what these mounts are going to be. I hope they don't show anything. Yeah, and, and I'm not going to be checking out online to see if anybody spoils any dials. I want to see them when I open my packs. I can't wait to look at the dials and the cards and see what abilities we get on these mounted units. Uh, the other spoiler is Aowen. She has she's a little bit better. She has a trait uh, once per turn when a friendly character is KO'd, you may place a hindering terrain marker in the square it occupied before moving it before being removed from the map. Okay, and fine, that's whatever. That's anywhere. It's not like within so many squares and on a 40 point figure. In the square that it occupied, the one that got killed. No, I, that's what I'm saying though. She doesn't have to be within so many squares. Oh, to yeah. That. Yeah, there's no So you limit. could run that with like horde tokens or something. Uh she's a decent tie-up piece with a 16 reflexes on top dial, but she has a damage ability which is support. When she does, you may treat any roll of doubles other than a crit miss. As a result, higher than the target's defense value. When you do, but when you do, she can heal a maximum of two. This makes her an excellent colossal yeah. support piece. Yeah. Because when your Galactus has a twenty defense, it's hard for that. characters to hit it. But when she can roll a four and heal it, you you don't care about only healing it too. Yeah, it's two flicks. I'd rather have two guaranteed healing. This than... is the piece that I hope I pull a couple of, and I'm I know that they'll be good trade fodder because when people realize what I just said that it's good for healing team bases and three hundred and fifty point Namors and Colossals and stuff like that, especially Colossals. Plus, she's a man, baby. <laughs> she's a man, baby. I like I like she's her got trait, man <laughs> When I first looked over this trade, I was like, eh, this trait's kind of meh. But then I realized if you have a good team with some nice stealth figures or something, and your opponent's throwing out some range attacks, like, or that Legless who charges, it's like, oh, he charges and smacks somebody, and now there's hindering there. Well, now he has to pass through the hindering to get through to somebody No, it, it's once per turn when a friendly character is KO'd. No, that's what I'm saying. If your opponent has the Legless oh, or I someone who multi-attack... Yeah, yeah, against another Lord you, you just put up a little bit of a, of a barrier for him, which is alright. I mean, like, it's not great, but... Yeah, I lo- and her dial is better, too, for 40 points than uh, Aomir's. She has charge and reflexes, and then late dash picks up flurry and willpower. So and Does she have... Oh, she has that ability, her whole dial, except for the last one. Yeah. The uh, healing one. So That's mainly one. you're going to be using her for support, of Broken course. 40-point meta. Though when they move in on her, she can defend herself a little bit with flurry. Maybe yeah. maybe make you take a hit on the way on her way out. Um, there was a Batman Arkham Origins, uh, two-figure spoiled... The Joker thug, yeah, I'm not yeah, feeling. Yeah, yeah. He's I'm not, not too good. good. He's pretty freaking mad, especially compared to the Joker thugs from Batman. Who but are, they were so good. They they spoiled us a lot on, yeah. on Joker thugs. Um, this guy from the Arkham Origins said he's a common. He has stealth, willpower, and a minion ability. When a friendly character named Joker is within eight squares, Joker thug can use poison. 
When he does, Joker Thug is dealt one unavoidable damage. That's so bad. That's terrible. That's he alternates between that and and uh, blades with only eight attacks, eight uh, yeah, eight value attacks. But, but he does have uh, bad, bad enemy. enemy. Yeah. You know, it'd make him. It, there's one thing they could do to the figure that make me really excited for it if he had both the Underworld ATA and Batman enemy, which he does not. Yeah. If if he did though. You're talking a Batman enemy that can be carried and would have blades at parts that he could take an adjacent character's attack. Then he'd be interesting, but right now he's really mad. The other Joker thugs from Batman are far superior. Both the, both dial versions yeah, are seriously. far superior. Now, the Joker's pretty cool. He is cool. I, I actually like him a lot. He's 140 points, he's no indom, but he's, uh, he's a wild card. He ignores characters, and his trait is poison. If he has KO'd an opposing character this game, when he uses poison, damage dealt is penetrating. Now, here's what's cool about that. You use that in combination with his attack power, Joker Gas. He can use Smoke Cloud. When he uses poison, the Joker may treat all opposing characters, which ended the previous turn, adjacent to one of his hindering terrain markers as adjacent. That's pretty damn good. When it, so whenever he kicks in the poison. So if you can manage to let him kill somebody, he can sit back and smoke cloud the rest of the game and cause penetrating poison on multiple characters, yeah. plus be helping your team with the smoke cloud. Uh, he can fight back himself too a little bit. He gets a sidestep and psychic blast, then he gets sidestep and blades with a special <laughs> damage ability. Give him a free action, choose an opposing character within range and line of fire. Until your next turn, if that character makes an attack, it may only target the Joker. So you could, basically, your guy could tie up one of their big pieces. You can pick that other figure, and now, basically, he can't do anything. I, I've got a fun thing you can do with this. Um, not that ability, but with this Joker. Um, we, we usually say put the belt on him for whatever, for Endom and stuff, which Endom would help him out tremendously. But you could use your smoke cloud, or your uh, gas bombs from the belt, and you could trigger his poison off that. So they would take one when they're removed, and then since they ended adjacent to his hindering terrain markers, you could hit him with that right afterwards. When he uses poison, the Joker may treat all opposing figures, which ended the previous turn adjacent to one of his... Yeah, that will be one that will have to be answered by the rules arbs to yeah, get an official ruling on. But yeah, you may be able to do... Uh, Maybe able to kick that in twice. And that, that'd be fun to me to run that. I mean, like, once again, using the objects on the Belts of Blast. Get some good opportunities to run that. There's a Colossus spoiler from the team base for the Avengers vs. I really X-Men. like this Colossus. Yeah, he's pretty dang cool. 175-point dial and 125-point dial. Uh, the extra 50 points get you two clicks. That One's I, invincible and one's defend imperv. I personally, I think he's slightly better at one, for one twenty-five points as far as bang for your buck, but the, the other one's not bad either. His, if, you, if you were going to pay the extra fifty, you'd have to be taking advantage of that eighteen defend more. Right, like, that's what I see. I mean, eighteen defends are very few and far between. So if you need it, yeah, and it's especially worth it. combo him with like the Doctor Strange or whatever that gives energy shield, and that's a twenty. He has charge and plasticity. If he has two action tokens, adjacent friendly characters with the X-Men team ability may use that team ability as a free action. Oh, and see, that's the other Plus, he's points. hard to take down, so if you're using it on him, it's going to pay off. He has defend and impervious or invincible on his first five clicks. Oh, gosh. And he picks up again last And late empower. Battle. He's got empower for like his fourth. He's a pretty good, uh, pretty good piece. He has endom as well. And then, as far as his team base asset dial... 
The car- this team can use charge. When they do, if magic is also attached, they can bust through blocking terrain. So. This guy is... He, oh, I forgot to mention, he also busts through blocking and ignores uh, hindering. If there was some way I could put him with the Cyclops, you know, who get hey. heals too. He's armor mystical. Oh, man, and then give him yeah. a uh, trench coat. Yeah. <laughs> He's armor mystical X-Men good. for his keywords. So you could heal him with that forge. So you could keep him up on his invincibles the whole time. He's plasticity, so anyone coming in has to go through him. He's sharing that 18, and they all get free actions with their X-Men team ability. This guy's just a boss. I mean, like I can think of so many combos with him that just... They haven't built a tank character like this in a while that just makes me sit and go, he's going to be a pain if you don't blast him If down. he was unoutwittable, he would just be yeah. ridiculous. Give him some sort of gauntlet that has shiny gems on it. Yeah, but that's a 40-point investment to just to make him... Un- I mean, it's a good investment, but... <laughs> Uh, they're uh, definitely. Uh, I mean, with the two previews we've seen, they're yeah, definitely they trying to uh, give us our bang for our buck. I guess. How does that I agree. The uh, Deadpool OP kit, or sorry, did we talk about Deadpool OP kit? Yeah, we just talked about that. There's going to be the the distribution, but we still don't know the characters. I think that was it in the way of spoilers. Now, the other big piece of news was the. Uh, Heroclix watch list changes, which is going to be our main topic we'll get into in a moment. The main topic. The main event. First thing we're going to, before that, we're going to do just a tip. Uh, this week is not much of a tip, more as it is like a, just kind of a quick discussion on kind of when to turn on your competitive side and when to not turn on your competitive side. And this this doesn't have anything to do with any recent games. Like this hasn't really come up for me personally this week or anything, but it's something that I think everybody sees off and on at their venues or knows them that they themselves are guilty of it for, from, you know, here yeah, and there. I know a few people who have the permanent competitive button on, which is fine, but uh, basically what we're ta- what I'm talking about and the reason I bring this up is Know when to bring your um, top-level pieces and when to bring the fun pieces. If it's in a fun event, bring your fun pieces. Um, don't bring your con exclusives and your spirals and your team base. Team ba- you know what I mean? Like Bring your fun pieces and and have fun with everybody else because here's the other thing. You're not even going to have fun even if you win if you're playing against pieces that you're just mowing over. Like, how is it fun to roll dice? You know what I mean? And see, for me, it's like the distinguishment is the 50-point Scarlet Witch rule for me. There are events that I feel like I am justified running that broken 50-point Scarlet Witch, and there's there's events where I'm not. And that's kind of my dividing line there. It's like the hyper-competitive events where I can take, where I need to have, like, really good figures like that, would I take the witch? If I'm going to play like a normal week event where we're just going to screw around or whatever, I'm not going to bring the Scarlet Witches. I'm not going to bring the Ghost Riders or the... I almost say I'm not going to bring the belt, but it depends. Like, And how you're going to play kind of determines that too. Uh, but then with that said, there's nothing wrong with turning it on when it's time for a competitive event. When it's time for an event with a big prize. Uh, when it's time for month six constructed of the main event and there's big prizes on the line um then that's when it's yeah that's when it's time to bring out your 
super competitive meta side. And this won't apply to every venue because they're, I mean, they're personally, not- I'm sad to say there's some venues that are play competitive every week. And that's just part of it, and that's what they do. Yeah. And it, that's fine, but <laughs> I just, I feel like I would be miserable at a place like that personally. Yeah. But, uh, and not only do are we referring to pieces as far as when to turn it on and when to not, but I also think it's also kind of an attitude yeah, thing it, too. It's, it's more of a when you play, if your dice roll bad, oh well, shrug it off, big deal. Um, if you make a stupid decision, you know, kick yourself once, but don't go on and on about it and be all down on yourself. You know, think of it as a fun game. It is a bottom line. It's a stinking game. You know, no matter how much time we spend talking and thinking and loving this game, week in and week out, it's still a a game. game. And, you know, so not only turn it on and off with the pieces, turn it on and off with your attitude and your your play style and how you take it on and on yourself. Be gracious in losing in and winning. Well, yeah, like today, for example, was Meteor Shower. I mean, like, I got stomped today, but I actually still had fun. I brought in a bunch of pieces that, like, I enjoy playing. I played against people that I, I have fun playing against, and I just sat and chatted it up, and it was a fun day. I mean, like, I got wrecked. It I didn't, like, come anywhere close to winning, but there's no point to sit and beat yourself up over something like that in these kind of events. Like, you have to look at the build. You have to look at how everything's going down and take that kind of attitude to it. It's like if I'm going to go to a match during the week where it's, like, fantastic four pieces only or some silly restriction it's like i'm not going to expect everyone to start bringing silly ridiculous stuff i'm going there and it's going to be fun i'm going to hang out with friends and play with little tiny action figures and that's really what it all boils down to in the end like i said main topic today is going to be the hero clicks watch list we just had this as a main topic uh, about a month ago with a special guest on the podcast as well, host of the Starting Over podcast, Edward, uh, Dark Logos. And we talked about the changes, and we talked about what we would like to... or We talked about the fact that they were looking into this, and we expected results... Personally, I thought maybe, what, four months from now? Three, four months from now? (laughs) And then we already have answers and uh, changes to these, which is, like we said, you know, you can say, oh, it's not good to errata pieces... It's not good to change things uh, from what they say on their card. But personally, I think this is a good sign. I think our new uh, group of playtesters that we've had moved into, that have taken charge since Gen Con, we've already seen more progress in this month or two than we've seen in a couple years. Oh, yeah, definitely. You know, they're already, it's pretty obvious that they care and know a lot about it, the problems of the game, and that we're, this is an excellent overall idea. It gives you an idea of maybe where Clicks is headed. Maybe we can straighten some of these things out because that's one problem that Clicks has compared to other games, especially established games like Magic, is Magic's wording and rules is. By this of, by this point, it's been refined so many times yeah. that it's pretty straightforward. I mean, you have your things every now and then that come up, but. It's pretty straightforward, and Clicks is a game that started off god awful as far as wording. And I mean, just to put it bluntly, yeah. it, it, old pieces are god awful on wording, using different words here and there. Now, I have noticed lately in the last couple years, they've certainly gotten better at it. Um, they've I, gotten better at cons- standardizing. 
Yeah, that's, that's what I'm saying. Really like. They're standardizing certain words to trigger certain things, which is how you sh- should do it. The problem usually, if you pay attention, when problems with rules come up, it's usually an older figure. It's usually not a figure that's came out in the last year or two. Yeah. Uh, aside from some weird special power combinations yeah, that throw yeah. things off. Um, so I, I think Clicks is a game that's on the rise in a positive on a positive slope as far as wordings and rulings. And I think that we'll start to see things become slightly more streamlined in the future. And this is a good good step in the right direction, basically. Yeah, and I definitely say this is very encouraging to me as someone who's like, I don't want to say I'm on the border of quitting clicks, but at times I feel like I kind of want to back off a little bit because I don't like the direction the game's going sometimes, or I don't like stuff, or I don't like certain ways things are playing. So it's nice to see WizKids actually showing they're actively saying, we understand there's a problem we are going to address it. Because it means in the future, if they screw up, they're more likely to not feel like they can't intervene on something like that. So this kind of sets a nice precedent for future future uh, interaction with WizKids on pieces. And I'm really looking forward to seeing... I mean, like, we saw these watch list changes. It, it definitely re- restores a lot of my faith in WizKids. Uh, this... So basically, I don't want to go over all our predictions as what we made, but we pretty much called a good. Chunk we of called a, quite a few of these, as a lot of people did. I mean, yeah. I'm sure a lot of other people predicted the same things we read. Now, I'm basically going to go over these changes almost word for word, but I'll paraphrase a few things to keep things going fast. Uh, there's one general rule change, and it's kind of a result of the team-based rule change. And I'll explain it's, it's more a big one. after I read it. I'll kind of explain more about it. Uh, each time a character makes an attack in a turn after their first, meaning their first attack, their damage value is modified by negative one until the end of the turn, minimum one. Now, this is already similar to how duo attack works. When you use duo attack, you make a power action, you make a close combat uh, combat attack or range combat attack, and then you make a second separate range combat attack or close combat attack that does neg- with negative one damage minimum result of one now this is going to affect team bases the most mm-hmm. because if you play a high points team bases you're getting multiple attacks per turn well now every for every uh turn that or every attack that you're making each time you make one you're going to take negative one damage Going all the way from six to down to one, you know, it's as far as possibility. Three. Or yeah, sorry. So, well, and also the points change is going to mess that up too. So yeah. I guess I'll get in that to that in a minute. Basically, each time you go down, you're going to take negative one attack. Now the problem with that is currently the way that flurry is worded, this is going to hit flurry two, but they specifically say that they will reword flurry with the new PAC and fix it to where flurry is not subject yeah. to it. And me and me and Harry were talking about this a bit though because it kind of sucks for the characters that have arranged flurry because they currently have their own wording for it and it's not like you can use flurry to use range attacks it's make an attack then make another attack yeah so this will hit those this will of hit those kind of characters um, it's I don't know how I feel about it because it impacts mind control um, like mole men teams and stuff like that for one um, so if you mind control someone and take an extra shot with them that's going to impact their future damage. But the big one it changes and impacts is Book of the Skulls. Because if you drop a hammer at the beginning of the turn, that character made an attack with a quake. You don't have to, though. You don't have to do it. Oh, you don't have to quake? No. No. Hmm. You may make a quake 
as a free close combat attack or action. I mean, okay, never mind then. Um, <clears throat> it would be optional. Yeah, it's going to hit that, but I think it's a great change. I think it's a good. It's all of these changes you'll notice are ones that are taking away free actions or hitting or or um, nerfing free actions a little bit at a time and across like the board. Centerpiece teams as a whole, like whether it be team bases or. Yeah. As we said, moment and stuff like that, it kind of hits. As far as uh, another general... Um, oh, sorry. I skipped over something. So, moving on to individual characters. First thing we're going to talk about is team bases, which we all know needed hit the worst. They got hit hard. They got hit really hard, but they're still pretty good. Yeah. They're not... But they get they got hit hard enough to keep them from ruling the roost of the meta, which is exactly what needed to happen. And they get hit in the thing that... It kind of pushes them into solo adventure being their key feature instead of working together, which is what needed to be done. While the working together ability is impacted by the new general rule, it was not quite enough to bring this ability to where it needed to be. Therefore, the number of actions a team base gets from this ability is being toned down as well. Going forward, while using working together, a team can be given up to one action as a free action for every 200 points or fraction thereof. So, basically, you're getting half of the actions that you were getting. So, a 300-point base basically gets duo attack. The same restrictions of one of each of power move, close combat attack, or close combat or ranged action, uh, and the rest can be an attack. So, that didn't change. The only thing that changed was now it's one action for every 200 instead of one for every 100. Um, The other thing they changed is that... Oh, sorry, I skipped a part. Um... The other two changes for team bases are being implemented. First, being able to heal a character up beyond the click, it was brought into the game as a mechanic that needed to be revisited. While the basics of solo adventure remain the same, the character brought on the map through solo adventure will be considered that colored click number as their starting line. Now, there are isolated cases like Black Queen, but outside of those isolated cases, these won't be able to heal up. So basically, if you guys didn't know, if you start with a 600-point team base and your characters are all full health, and you get knocked down to your 200-point line, and then you pop somebody off, you could technically heal them back to click number one. However, they're saying that they're going to fix this because it was getting pretty silly with, with some combinations. And it's it's funny because we played, or I don't know if you did, but I played with a lot of people at GP who played like this. Well, once they pop off, they couldn't heal past that point. And so that's how I already kind of knew it before it got corrected to me a few weeks ago. So, I mean, like, I like this change. I thought that was how it was to begin with, and I was fine with it then. I like it, too. Uh, the other change they changed is the roll to see who goes first. This is a very welcome Hallelujah. change, in my opinion. The bonus a player gets as a result of playing a team base will change. Instead of being plus one for each character on the base, it will be plus one for each 100 points or fraction thereof of the team's point value. I'm not sure why it wasn't that to begin with, but... They fixed it. Yeah, 200 point new mutants counting as 7 was a little ridiculous. Right. So, and another th- reason that that nerfs team bases is now you can play maps that make things a little right tougher on death. team bases. Um, it gives you a lot higher chance of evening out the map roll. Mm-hmm. So, overall, with the changes to team bases, I like them. I do too. Uh, it's a hard swing, but I think it's one that needed to be done. It doesn't, ma- it doesn't devalue team bases, they're still useful, they're still good. And I feel like they focus on the things that people need to be learning to do with team bases anyway. I feel like the people that I play team bases against where I have the best matches and they absolutely wreck me 
are the ones where people abuse that solo adventure. They're popping off that Green Lantern on Justice League and doing all kinds of shenanigans. It's when people use the team base's members indirect or specifically. These well, changes these changes stop them from running the map and just doing free actions all day every day. I think Justice League, like being one of the first team bases they printed, completely goes against the fact that they would even use solo adventure because if you pop someone off, they lose like yeah right all of their best abilities. So we talked about that when we talked about Wolverine and the X Men because you pointed out or we were talking about the fact that most of them don't have when everyone's attached abilities. And I'm kind of wondering if that's an aftermath with Teen Titans, where yeah. Teen Titans mostly had those. Uh, my thoughts differ a little bit. Personally, I think working together is the best point about a team base, even after these changes. I mean, especially after these changes. Yeah. But even before the changes, uh, working together is the biggest advantage that team bases have. The fact that you're generating a fresh big chunk of points that can also you mean, do uh, something on solo that solo adventure. What did I say? You said working together. Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I meant I meant solo adventure. I think solo adventure is the best part about a team base even before these changes. Uh being able to pop somebody off having now generated out of your ass. I mean, you've pulled a character out of your ass and put it on the map yep. who can you also can't score it. Who can also now do something this turn and and basically, like I've said before, a team base is a Swiss Army knife. I mean, you have all these seven, diff- six or seven different options of characters that you can pop off at any given time when the moment is right for them. If you're based and you need to get somebody off of you, pop off your Colossus with Close Combat Expert and four damage already and smack somebody in the face. If you're playing ranged and uh, you're afraid of somebody coming up on you, pop off Toad off your Brotherhood and go tie him up. It gives you what you need in the in the the current situation of the game um but the problem with solo adventure and the wording on it and we talked about this when we talked about potential changes they could do it's it would be a hard one to make limitations on and whereas working together is something very simple to make yeah simple as saying now instead of every 100 points per action you're getting one action per 200 points that's simple change solo adventure the wording is already kind of complicated on as it is so it's just easier to nerf them in other areas and leave solo adventure alone the only thing they fixed was the part that really probably wasn't meant to be like that in the first place which is healing them back up after you pop them i'm gonna say having played new mutants at 200 with everything on there the versatility is ridiculous on solo adventure there's so many good options on that team base particularly but the thing is, there's a couple figures on a, a bunch of different team bases that drop in on regen if they're lower dial. And I think that that's part of it that made it so ridiculous was, oh, I'm going to drop off this figure who's like a 150-point figure. Oh, no, I dropped him out on regen. I'm going to regen him, and he's going to end up all the way on top dial pretty much and ridiculous. Um, I've, I've always had an issue with the fact that there's no... I feel like if someone who's off the team base dies, the team base should take like an unavoidable damage or something. Like, there needs to be something, some sort of downfall. I agree, but I think now with them getting hit harder on other aspects, yeah. the fact now Solo Adventure is not is it's still going to retain its value, it's the but the rest feature. of the right, the rest of the team base has taken enough of a hit to where it balances it out. Yeah, people have to use Solo Adventure now instead of just... I like these changes because it doesn't... Your, your team base is still good. You didn't waste your money on buying it. 
But it's not an auto win anymore. Yeah. It's not a roll the dice six times this turn and instantly win. Now you're taking negatives. You have to be really careful about this action. Think hard on what you need to do with your actions because now you're taking minus one for each each. What did I say wrong again? Hard on. It just made us uh, think hard on. <laughs> Um, but now, A, you have a limited, much more limited number of actions, and B, you're taking negative one damage each time. So I need to think, what do I really, do I need to do psychic blast first, or do I need to do this first? Am I going to use the power action to pop someone off, and then have one less attack? Is it more efficient for me to bring someone out and have them shoot instead? Yeah. There's a lot, I like... Honestly, this change makes me very happy going forward. Yeah, the general. Um, I feel like I can play team bases now and not feel like a douchebag. Exactly. That's, that's what I like. For, for us personally, I feel yeah. like that's one that's going to make a big difference for us. Um, I don't want to talk about team bases too long. We've went over it a lot. We're going to move on to Shatterstar, who just recently got added just a couple weeks ago. Um, they say, a late addition to the watch list, he bubbled up as the piece to play if everything else on this list was addressed, which is it was absolutely accurate. Because Dragon Con swung around and then every team had Shatterstar on it in some form. Again, many different approaches were tried, with the goal to keep him as a solid piece to use, but to remove the abuse of being able to bring a character to attack anyone, anywhere. To that end, he will be issued a rata, preventing the teleported character from being given a non-free action. This alters his playstyle significantly. You'll be using him more. You'll be using him to p- position offensively when you can afford to wait until your next turn to act, or more likely, you'll see Shatterstar's teleportation being used much, uh, being used defensively much yeah, more. Yeah. So you nab a character who's already swung and you teleport them back afterwards. Right. Um, and I like Shatterstar. If you, he's a good dial, yeah, even without the ability. Have that yeah. trade he has the spi- Yeah, he has the spiral. The spiral aspect where even without his broken trait, his dial's pretty good for his yeah. points. Yeah, his values are high. He's flurry, blades, combat reflexes. You really can't ask for anything better. I mean, like, that's just a combo that's ridiculous. And poor Richter. Poor Richter. <laughs> and that, honestly, I do like that because I have used him as an alpha strike piece a few well, times. Well, even if you're smart with him, you can still use him the way you wanted to use him. Yeah. yeah. If you wait until your opponent double tokens himself... Then you can still teleport yeah. in, and now you're ready to rock next turn, and Shatterstar can go in, you know, after. And the other thing and you could do is you could use him to carry, like, a Cerise or somebody to a high point of elevation, and then wait next turn and start just bombarding people from above. Like, there's there's some fun... He's still usable. Next, next piece is Batmite. Um, they did not change Batmite too much, and I was a little surprised. So we'll see if Batman, or if Batmite remains top piece, which I think he will. Uh, another character that brings the danger of teleportation, but this time it already had a clause preventing the non-free action. That's not actually true, because they do get a free attack. Or It's true that they don't get a non-free action, but they do get a free attack. Which is just as good. Now the first thing is the... Well, now it's negative one damage. Yeah, it? in addition, we are issuing a rata for this mechanic. No, it wouldn't be. Instead of dealing unavoidable damage on only a 1, the risk to oh, the idol is now result in an unavoidable damage on a result of 1 to 2. So it... Takes it a little, makes it a little bit easier for you to fail the teleport. You still get to move them, but you have to take one damage yeah. on either Batmite or the Idol. I think it's it's always on the Idol, uh, and then they don't get the free attack or the free ranged attack. Um, there was a big issue though, that's with basically the Shatter- a slightly nerfing as they can yeah. do. Yeah. Now with Shatter, yeah, with, with Shatterstar, Shatterstar nerf, being Batmite nerfed, got a slight nerf. that hurts a little bit. Um, but Batmite was already really good by itself. I mean, we saw him on the 
in the top ten of Gen Con quite a bit. I don't without think this Shatterstar. will be enough for Batmite. Personally, I don't either, but I guess only time will tell. Now, another thing is Batmite was stupid good with team bases, and team bases yep. just took a big hit too. Yeah. So all the things that made Batmite ridiculous, or all the things that teamed up with Batmite to make a ridiculous team got nerfed. Yeah. So I think Batmite now will find new buddies to hang out with. And they'll probably end up revisiting him, I think, when they see how even on his own he's still good. I mean, we'll see. Maybe it was enough. I mean, they did play te- They supposedly play tested this a lot with the changes. Maybe it is enough to keep him, you know, down. Um, another thing, thing I like about Batmite is though he's not really a plug and play win. Yeah, you have. To I be mean, smart you do have to be in, you know, smart and make good decisions with him. Cap. Screw that. So, so we'll see what happens with Batmite in the future. Heroes for Hire basically got fixed to how it should have been in the uh, first place. We said this is how we thought it should have been, too. Well, I thought if they were going to leave it the way it was, they need to double the amount of points it costs, and everybody thought I was crazy, but am I not right? I mean, if it's going to yeah. do what it used to do, it should be 16 points. I don't even think any... I don't honestly know if there's... Outside of absurdity, I don't think there's any number of point value that could make that really super fair to me. Basically, what they did to Heroes for Hire, uh, it will allow the character to remove a higher token... To make a close or ranged combat attack as a free action instead of being given any act any action as a free action. So not only can you now not do an exploit afterwards or a flurry afterwards, you can only do a ranged combat or close combat attack, but not only that, you, you can no longer charge or anything either. I mean you're you're just getting the attack. You're not getting an action of any kind. You're not getting a power action or a close combat action. Yeah, and once again if you use a charge as your first and then you use that as the free action to swing again, this you're will subject be negative to the negative one. one. Yeah. Now what I was saying about Batmite I know I caught that yeah, I didn't think that's about the it. Fact. I guess if the character already had taken one, mm-hmm. if if your character already had made a shot and then you Batmite and teleport him to try to make another attack, then they would yeah, take they negative, would take a negative one. one. I like that the more and more I'm seeing how the negative one maps out, the more and more I'm well, liking it. Well, again, it's just like I like I said at the top of this discussion, all of these things are hurting free actions. Free actions are bad yeah. for the game. I mean, the free actions are fun and they're good and they're useful and tactical in certain situations, but you don't want what has happened, which is free actions everywhere. And the other big problem in the game right now is bonuses everywhere. Like, yeah. like Dark Logos was saying, you don't—they're giving modifiers out like candy. What's up? What sucks is that a lot of characters are being the one I think that's going to be completely destroyed by this is Secret Invasion Punisher. Yeah, Harry was lamenting that. Well, he's—they don't really give a crap about. Yeah. Anything golden, anyways. I know, but I'm just saying this rule is kind of screwing over. Like, and while I like that figure, I played him what a few weeks ago, and he's not all that excellent to begin with. Um, I was gonna say, but yeah, you're right. The thing uh, about, uh, move uh, things like that are gonna take a hit. Free actions are the, the free flurries uh, and the red arrow who gets to make two attacks yeah. and Rifter, stuff like that. Grifter, Grifter I mean, that's gonna take a hit. Um, as I've said before, free actions in this game are equivalent to card advantage in any tabletop card game the more car the more cards you have over your opponent the more chances you have to do something to gain to gain a handle on the board and it's like that clicks the more free actions you have especially since it's so alpha strike heavy if you're able to get the lead early it's even heavier in clicks because things down dial are usually weaker um you're talking about a lot of things like that 
if you're able to get those first attacks in over your opponent, or even if your opponent hits you but you have enough extra actions to make up for being down dial, free actions are just so, so important and useful that it's I'm happy to see them taking a hit in power. I am too. Uh, the utility belt got hit a decent amount, and they this was a very neat and pretty easy fix for it that surprisingly does a good enough job. Just, I would still use this. Just yeah. Oh, absolutely. Okay, so what happened to the utility belt was uh, prep time got changed, which were really, like we said, and, uh, and Dark Logos was saying, prep time was really the only part of the utility belt that was that, ridiculous. That's yeah. the problem, because... The plus twos, while they're really good, it, them and the, every now and then getting lucky enough to roll onto them, yeah, it's pretty good, but that's luck yeah. factor. Prep time letting you not only yeah. get plus twos, but get, do I need outwit? Do I need super senses? Do Although I now I can't flurry? do my clay face trick anymore, damn it. Yeah. <laughs> that's going to suck. Uh, do I need flurry? Yeah, exactly. Flurry is a big one. I mean, what do I need plus plus twos and everything? Not only that, it was letting people prep time onto plus two flurry and then do things like, like heroes for hire and stay on the plus two flurry because they didn't take a non-free action. They got a free heroes for hire flurry. And now they have to roll it if they make an attack, period. So how the utility belt works now, uh, prep time now reads, give the assigned character a double power action, turn the utility belt to any click that does not have a special power. Uh... It now says to any click that does not have a power. So no, all of the plus two clicks have powers. They have outwit, they have flurry. Which means the only ones you can turn it to now are the double item ones. Correct. Which are awesome. You, you can't even turn to the plus ones. Yeah. Or the, you know, which you never could before. But basically now you cannot auto turn to anything. So now if you're going to want to do some tricks with prep time, it has to be with things from the utility belt. If you want to do a. Uh, uh, some kind of grapple gun and then handcuff trick. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's good. I mean, that's worth a double power action to set up. But it's not an automatic plus two flurry bar to teleport and <laughs> smack you in the doesn't face. Doesn't in the game. I think the Gen Con items plus the plus this change. The Gen Con items buff the belt's items a little because some of those are really good. And then on top of that, the change where now you can go to the doubles and only the doubles. The belt's in a good spot still. It's not broken, but it's really useful. I mean... I, we're going to see it played right, is the way, really, what it is. Think of it this way. It's it, it's in, um, with extra bent. You know, Hell, you're paying 11 14 points. points for possible plus twos, and it's just so good. And if your full belt can get rid of team abilities. Yeah. I mean, like, it's still, it's still ridiculously good. The cruiser and vehicles... Took a very small hit, um, and honest to be honest, compared to the rest of the stuff, they didn't need that hit that bad as it was. Um, and we kind of talked about that a little bit. Coming from the guy who played GCPD, you know, and like I, I said I'm when we talked about it, as I as I said when we talked about it, I'm biased to the to the cruiser and to GCPD. I think it's good, but I don't think it's quite on the level that yeah. Heroes for Hire and all that other crap. It's is. not. I never want to see a GCPD cop car right. in my venue. Uh, as far as changes for uh, vehicles and the cruiser in particular, it was felt that they bring a more rational set of rules for vehicles in general. For one thing, from now on, pilots can't be bystanders. 
if people didn't know, you could use bystander tokens to pilot. So, you know, three points, you could have a driver for your motorcycle or whatever you wanted to do. Secondly, since we use the damage symbol to communicate size, pilots are prohibited from being larger than the vehicle they're piloted. What that lets people no longer do is take a Colossal, let Galactus make six shots, and then hide him in a cruiser so mm. that he can't take a big blast from... Sun. It's basically substitute in Pokemon. Yeah. yeah. You know, in Pokemon, you crack out a substitute, you sacrifice 25% of your life, but you don't take that giant Shadow Ball from the Gengar who's maxed out on special attack that would have one-shot you. You only take 25%. It's yeah. the same with this. With Galactus, when that ridiculous. When that vehicle gets hit, you're going to take one unavoidable... But one damage is worse than that six damage psychic blast that was going to come from whoever was hitting you. So now you can no longer do that. You have to be normal size or tiny or, size to pilot. Or hell, in the case of Galactus or Colossal Colossals, it puts you out of line of fire entirely. Like, they have to go chase down that cop car. Now. Correct. Right. You can you could pop out, shoot over everybody, and then hop in the Yeah, and then you'd car. be behind blocking or whatever. Uh, lastly, vehicles can no longer be assigned a resource, which shouldn't have been allowed <laughs> in the first place. Uh, and uh, honestly, a lot of people didn't really do that. Anyways, the, the only exception was really the bug. Uh, yeah, the I'd, bug. Heard, I'd heard of some ridiculous bug ones with the gauntlet and stuff like that. Um, it, it is worth noting the bug as a giant vehicle can have giant pilots. Correct. They do, they do mention that. You go by size, and the bug is a giant. So you can have giants, but still that prohibits colossals. Um... Uh, while with the general non-watch list related items out of the way, the tweak for the cruiser is a very simple change. It maintains the capability to still move characters about. Uh, it's it's referring clear the streets. And will continue to deal damage, but the penetrating aspect of the damage it deals with clear the streets is being removed. Is so, clear the streets what you did to me? With your cop cars at Gen Con and you just kept running into me and dealing one penetrating every turn, turn after turn? Yes. Okay. But now, as I said, and and Edward disagreed with me, and it's actually just a personal preference type thing, I think the cruisers, the best aspect about the cruisers isn't the damage, it's the placement, or at least for me it is. And it's because I'm a nerd for placement when I play clicks. I like, that's what I like most about the game. I like. I don't even care. I could go without the damage. I like being able to put them in the best position for the rest of my pieces. Yeah. I will say though, being on the receiving end of being rammed by cop cars for four hours straight, um, it did suck when I would perplex up my defense though, and you'd run me with a cop car, then place me and blast me, because I would lose my perplexes or any of my bonuses or stuff like that. I can see it's still going to be. I don't think it was ridiculous per se. I just think it was, I'm fine with the change. It's a very slight hit. People like you or me who play the cop cars on cop teams to position enemies are going to still be able to play them and still enjoy them. People who were literally abusing the, I'm going to run six cop cars and literally just keep running through Galactus and doing six unavoidable damage every turn or penetrating damage or whatever, aren't going to be able to do that anymore. Yeah, I can dig it. They didn't hit the ATA, which as I said, didn't really need hit. All they did was a slight tweak to clearing the streets. That's all you need. You still got cuffed yep. a bumper, which is good. Cuffed a bumper is amazing. Um, <laughs> and they took away the fact of bystanders being able to pilot the cruisers. There um, were a couple cheap bystanders that were used in Golden Age tournament at Gen Con with cruisers that did pretty well. So this makes you have to use actual figures that cost more. On to Spiral. 
No one on the watch list generated as much passion and discussion as this girl. Comments ranged from as extreme as just leave her be, there are other ways to address her, or to the other end, just remove the trait altogether. So, it is known that whatever change is being made here, it's going to be seen as not enough for some people and way too much for others. Our primary goal was to bring Spiral to a place where she could be a playable piece, worth fielding her point value, and not an automatic go-to in order to circumvent the map. With that in mind, we're implementing the the following changes to the portals. It will now read, Give Spiral a double power action. Remove all of her gateway markers from the map. The her is important now. And place two gateway markers on the map. Place one in an adjacent square and the other may be placed in any square on the map. Starting with your next turn, give a friendly character occupying the square of a gateway marker a free action and place it in the square of the other gateway marker. That's three important changes, each underlined separately. First, the spiral on one force no longer messes around with the gateway markers of an opposing spiral. That one was hilarious. If you had spiral versus spiral, one player would double power action and place their portals. The other player would double power action and remove the other person's portals. So then it was kind of almost whoever went second kind of got the edge, actually, for a bit there. Luckily, I've never had to deal with spiral on spiral at the venue, so I never had to deal with that. Uh, the next change, next the opposing team will have a turn to react before Spiral's Force starts utilizing the gateway. While you, can, you certain... What's you can it? block it now. Right. While you certainly can place the gateway marker among your opponent's, opponent's force to get maximum attack capability, the opponent might take that opportunity to scatter, occupy the gateway so that they cannot be put into it. Or other strategies to address it. So the problem was with the one problem with the previous way was if the character who was let's say old old rules you put your spiral tokens down and you have a um, a Superman with hypersonic in flight. I can't stand on the gateway to keep you from coming through. Yeah, because and you, you can ig- run back through it because you ignore characters on the way in and out. So the fact that you now cannot go through period Yeah, if you're on it is what keeps them from coming in so if they put it too close to your guys all I gotta do is plop somebody down on top of it and now they can't get through yeah but not just that it completely screws over the hypersonic strategy correct cause you because you can't you run have to be forth. given a free action so they have to occupy it they have to be given a power action to stand on it in the first place then a free action to push them through it so it's also slowing your t- their team down as well because you can't ha- basically you can't have two people going through and doing that at yeah. all anyways because one of them had to start starting on it and he's basically the only one that's going to... Uh, aside from having sidestep. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking about it. If you Sidestep's had, really good. If you had a bunch of sidesteps, you could take Gosh, advantage of half the cyclopses that are printed between AVX and WXM plus that. But nevertheless, it takes a ton of the playability of the strat- the playability out and of it. I'm going to say the same thing I said with Shatterstar. I like this because... You could take advantage of the terrain on a map. Yeah. You could portal up on top of a bunch of elevated in the corner somewhere and use that to get up there and then position yourself and make your opponent come to you. Instead of the current setup where it's used to hypersonic through the freaking portal or ghost ride through <laughs> yeah. it or whatever. Lastly, it is no longer a simple move to go from one square to another. You have to give the character a specific free action to change from one gateway to another. That will mean that the other gateway will need to be clear. 
It'll mean that if you aren't occupying the gateway at the beginning of the turn, you need to find a way to get that character to that square in order to be able to get to the other side. In short, Spiral's portals are still useful, but they aren't the shortcut to Alpha Strike that they used to be. I'm pretty happy with that. I would play her now. That's the thing that I like about this, too. As I said with the terrain thing, like Realm of Death, I'd use her to position myself at a nice spot in the middle of the maze or something over the course of a turn or two while my opponent navigates their way there. I mean, like, there's there's a lot of fun circumstances that now I would love to play her in. Um, and that that's the big thing that all these changes really I'm happy with. I can play these pieces now without feeling like I'm breaking the game. I absolutely 100% agree with yeah. you because we talk about, we have that factor where when I I play something play really good. Stuff. You feel bad. I feel bad, and then I don't do it in the in the you know. First, I don't even play the piece to begin with, and then when I do, I don't do the broken abilities that they have. So now you don't feel as bad to play. Yeah, I don't feel like I'm shooting myself in the foot if I if I go. Like, I don't feel like everybody's looking at me like a scumbag if I bring you know Justice League and beat me on Justice turn three. League. Scumbag. That was Gen Con prep. That's different. You know, I wouldn't do that if it was any other. You're right. I'll never forgive you for that. This guy's got freaking shell shock. Like has PTSD. Viet- he has Vietnam nightmares yeah, every day. Night terrors. I wake up screaming. <laughs> oh no. No, Batman, no. No, Green Arrow. Don't energy explosion me for 25. No, oh my gosh, that was so bad. No, Ollie North. Tony, Tony didn't deserve that, Hunter. Think, he was just a man. I think I might have beat your record, by the way. Tony with, that, with that anti-monitor pulse wave today. What did you hit? I hit at least... 35 damage. Yeah, but that's pulse wave, though. I'm still saying it's still a lot. It's easier to do with pulse wave uh, than energy. No, you know, it's not. Yeah, it is. It's harder to do with energy explosion. Strategy. I had to crit with three bolts. Oh, I'm sorry. You had to use some summer strategy. <laughs> In perplexus. I <laughs> killed about 10 characters. I was really proud ladies, of Ladies, ladies. There's enough anti-monitor for the both of you. One cool thing I did manage to do, Dave, was uh, Raiju's um, special thing that works like... Yeah. It's basically anti-monitors, but... Slightly toned down. He does half his damage instead of full damage. But Philbo used the uh, storm off the team base against me today, and uh, he, he the one that modifies her damage based on the distance. Yeah, and he energy explosion point blank in my face or in her face four damage two bolt hit herself with it. It was it was fun. Like I I he used a lot of team base characters, and honestly, I wish I saw more of them. Like the single, like when they're run off the team base, like the Iceman and stuff like that. They're really good Yeah, characters. I can't wait to play the Iceman by itself. That Iceman's ridiculous. So, that sums up the changes. Overall, very happy with them. Again, it's amazing that we've seen this already. So quickly. It's, and like it's I said... Like it's like kids locked them in the closet yeah. and said, fix these figures or you're not coming out. It's a good sign of things. I mean, you know, we had a discussion on Facebook about it and I got a little perturbed at at comments of and again it's an opinion thing it's fine if that's your opinion that that you don't like erratas or you don't like this and that and it, it you're welcome I, to your opinion even if it's you, wrong exactly that's a hunter, <laughs> that's that's a that's a dial H for here clicks hunter smith quote yep <laughs> you're, right welcome, you're welcome to an opinion even if it's wrong um this is only good for the game it, it you're right. They're right in the aspect of it shouldn't need to be errated in the first place. Well, you're absolutely they admit that too. yeah. You're absolutely right. But the uh, thing is, these what my my statement is: the problems that are being fixed are not the fault of the current people who are fixing the problems. They're coming in and cleaning up someone else's mess. Yeah. They and they're doing a hell of a job. Oh yeah. 
I mean, we like like we said, we've seen more progress now in two months than we saw in two years. And here's the thing. There are stores that still have Teen Titans Super Boosters on the shelves. If you talk about, like, or Wolverine the X-Men Teen Titans Super Boosters on the shelf, if you ban these pieces outright, that's not... It's not going to solve the problem. There's stores who are going to get screwed by that. There's players who have put good money into these pieces that will never be able to play them again. There's store owners who will be outright pissed. They're, they'll and, pull from the game. And uh, Dark Logos brought it up when we talked to him about it. Is That's the reason that they won't... Another reason they won't outright ban anything is because then it loses sale value. Yeah. And personally, I like these changes, and I think they're an excellent, positive note of things to come. They're heavy, they're heavy swings... But they're not so heavy, they feel unplayable. And that's good enough for me right there. We're going to move into the, the community section today. Uh, dial design, today is the absolute last day to turn in your team base. So if you're hearing this, by the time that this gets posted and uploaded on iTunes... You're probably late. Uh, yeah, it's too late. Uh, we'll be checking them and grading them, and the grades will be up... Um, hopefully be done and be up by Sunday night, and the winner will be announced there. Uh, next week will be assignment number one of the next month, which will be November. And it will be a regular month. It won't be a team-based month. We'll go back to the old drawing board. I, I'd like to say, though, I, I do want to hear, after all this is all the dust is settled on the team-based thing, I want to hear some community feedback. How did you guys feel about this team-based thing? Because we had a blast oh, judging I think it and looking pe- over stuff. People I, definitely liked it. Yeah, I want to I hear like how you guys, what you guys thought of it. Um, even like breakdowns of how you came up with some of the stuff you did. I want to hear some in-depth discussion over this because it was fun. Yes, indeed. It's cool crap came out of it. So next week, as far as the assignments, we'll be back to regular schedule. It will not be team basis, and we will talk about that next week. Who's picking month? Who's who's picking week one? It's always me, and then how we're doing it. It's me. me, or it's you, Drew, me. I think it's it Rochambeau me. for it. All right, Rochambeau, I'll go first. Aw. Rock, paper, scissors to see who goes first. <laughs> no. <laughs> How about we Rochambeau to see who goes first? Let's Rochambeau to see who goes first in Rochambeau, yeah. That's <laughs> I'll win. I'll go first. <laughs> um, on the best build, I know it's still technically October, but I need to go ahead and give out the assignment for November because we're going to be playing it on November 9th. Uh, due to Thanksgiving and everything and my work schedule. So, I'm going to give you the best build assignment today, and it will be due by November 2nd. And we'll pick our teams, and next week we'll tell you what teams we picked, and then we're going to play it on the night. Here's the build. 400 points, and if you're a long-time listener of the show, this build's going to sound very familiar. 400-point modern kings. One figure on your team, 99 points or less, is the king. The king gets charge, super senses, exploit weakness, and willpower. The king is worth double victory points when defeated. No relics, resources, vehicles, colossals, whore tokens, or team bases. ATAs are allowed? ATAs are allowed. Again, this is due by November 2nd. Now, that was a team build when we first started. Uh, it was a, We talked about weird builds, and someone submitted and had us build. Well, teams every for- month uh, we had people sub- yeah. giving us build ideas, and we would give... Give team ideas. Yeah, because I remember I built a Smoky Foot cap team for this. That was ridiculous. Yes, you did. But this is modern, this so you will not be able to run Smoky Foot. Thank, I don't thank care. you, Jesus. <laughs> uh, community question this week was: What is your favorite single figure out of Fear itself? Oh, now man. we How know many people were like, "Hard oh, no. 
No Austin's is Heimdall. Yeah. Drew, I don't really know what Drew's would be. Dracula. Dracula? Okay. I could have answered that one. I know Drew. I don't know everybody well, knows minus tier probably. Yeah, it's <laughs> Iron Fist. Tier, I don't know if I'd pick tier or Iron Fist. I'm gonna go Iron Fist because he's tier is very he's good. He's a prolific character. Well, for one, I love Iron Fist as a character, but he's more playable generally. He goes on more teams. Tier needs a whereas tier is for Asgardian teams because of his trait mm-hmm. and his his dial, anyways. And theme team stuff. And he's pretty expensive too. Iron Fist is just. As Drew says, he's sick nasty. Sick nasty business. He's only 80 points. He fits on a plethora of teams. He'd be good on a Warriors 3 team because he gives the bonus damage to a Jason or whatever. I just... I love that. And it was a good set. You know, looking back on it... I'm very happy. That might be one of my favorite sets. If not my favorite. Even if you didn't get a super rare till month four. That's true. I had a hell of a time. (laughs) (laughs) It was a good run. I, I had a pretty good record going. Um, I still haven't pulled a super rare or a chase from, uh, no, I did. I finally pulled that Jubilee. That was 11 boosters. So I went, how many fear itself? 16, I think. (laughs) Too damn many. I think I went 16 fear itself boosters. I don't know. I'd have to go back and listen to the podcast. 16 without getting a super rare. And then, uh, (laughs) I went 11... Wolverine boosters without getting finally I'm getting a super. Really rare. hoping the War of the Light boosters end up this cool. Like if a war, if the War of the Light set ends, and there's up gonna this be one, two sets. Of I know it's yeah. crazy. If the War of the Light set ends up this good, I'm gonna be very pleased. I I we've talked about it before. We love that there's gonna be two sets of War of the Light. Not only because you could it, do- it retains the value of the figures. But, two because people are going to want to come. Yep. Mm-hmm. They're not going to get sick of it by the fourth month. They're going to be excited to get their hands on these figures before it's gone and you switch to the next. But here's what I like. Set. It almost literally doubles the possibilities of sealed combos. Because instead of just running, like, Fear Itself and Wolverine or Fear Itself and Spider-Man, you can now, with the Green Lantern set, you're running... Green Lantern set one with this, or Green Lantern set two with this, or Green Lantern set one and two together, or double number one, or double number two. Like, there's just so many possibilities. And it's going to be interesting seeing all the different ones. I feel like every month will be different. As far as you guys' uh, feedback on the question, it was a pretty even um, pretty even distribution. I heard a decent amount of Iron Fist, a couple Heimdall. Any um, Hawkeyes? One person Hawkeye, a couple people Doc Strange. I I do really like that Doc oh, Strange. Like that Doc Strange. Yeah. Um, a couple people Dracula. Like I said, it was a good distribution. I don't. There was definitely not one lead went you know overall winner at all. Which I think is a good. It's a sign of a well designed set. Absolutely. Um, when people can sit and look at a set and say it's honestly hard to pick between a lot of characters. A lot of people gave me like three that they like couldn't choose from. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> and I, I love that. And kudos to his kids here. If you guys can design more sets like Fear itself. I'm I'm on board. Yeah, especially because the figures in uh, in the War of the Light, I'm more excited to get to. Yeah. I know than as I was for these. We were talking about Necron today and that sculpt. As long as that resource does not get plus two attack and my rolls actually kind of somewhat matter, I might <laughs> have fun. I can't wait to see what the resource does because it doesn't look like one you attach objects to. It's probably one good reason I had some success with Fear Itself because it, yeah. <laughs> I could roll a three and still hit. I know, right? It was amazing. This it was is the best thing to happen to crazy. me. Crazy. Uh, if only they would make a figure where I can crit miss. Oh, Bizarro. Damn, I need to play Bizarro every week. You just need to play Longshot every week and then pretend you're critting. 
Good old long shot. I do still need to play long shot. I still haven't played him yet. Uh, we're gonna move into comics. We got one book to talk about today, and it is our absolute favorite. We have not shut up about it most of the weeks. Uh, when we when we were asked for the best books, I said it's the best Marvel book on the stands at the time, and I still stand by that. Actually, I stand by it twice as much now because the new arc after God Bomb is just as good. You're as kidding the first me. One. I haven't even began the second arc yet, and I thought I, the first one would be untoppable. I already, un, oh yeah, I already told you it's just as good, man. It's just, I, and it feels. I was telling Drew this today. The new arc feels very Lord of the Rings ish. Yay! Because it's not set in. You know, God Bomb was very um, not depressing, but the it environments. It was dark. Yeah, exactly. First of all, the characters. Are kind of dark already. Yeah. Gore and the kid and and the the planets he goes to and everything. And it's there's still, always they're always on a battlefield with dead bodies and stuff like that. This is Phil's Lord of the Rings. It it starts off on Asgard. Everything's green and rainbows and shit. <laughs> and then you have these groups of different races coming together. To, we, first we, of all, the the opening issue is just beyond one of the best comics issues I've ever read. I was going to say, we need to start doing a Hunter quote of the podcast every week. And this <laughs> week says, everything's green and there's rainbows and shit. Um, we'll give a quick synopsis of what happens, but not spoiling anything. The first, uh, first of all, Thor God of Thunder started with Marvel Now. We'll pull up the creative team while we're talking about it. Um, it's Yeah, it started with Marvel Now. And most of the Marvel Now books, as a whole, I'm pretty... I'd have to say I wasn't very optimistic about Marvel Now, but it's turned out pretty well. Uh, this is definitely, like we said, the best book out of all of them. Oh, yeah. Uh, Jason Aaron's the writer. I've talked about him before. Uh, fell in love with him uh, back when he started Wolverine Weapon X, which is one of the best Wolverine books ever. And uh, they've been handing him things. He wrote the Thor or the uh, Hulk arc that we liked a lot, uh, where he... Banner and Hulk are separated and everything. Let's talk about the one thing, though, that makes this book amazing. The, the art. art. Yes, the art is fantastic. And I'm not familiar with either of the artists who work on it. Isad Ribic and Ive Forcina. Uh, the art feels... It's... Almost watercolored. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially it, the new arc. It doesn't have, colorful. like... It doesn't have hard borders like most, most artwork yeah. in comics it, does. it almost looks like a painting, but a... a it looks life like, paint, like real life painting. Like. It looks like there's only an inker, like pretty much. Like it looks like there's no pencil line draw or anything. Like the person just comes on there, colors everything. There's, it's so great, and there's so so many scenes in the first arc alone that just like they're like breathtaking. They're amazing looking. The basic uh, setup of the first arc is there's a character. And we're not really spoiling anything by talking about Gore because he's all introduced in the very first yeah. issue, I think. Uh, Gore is a care is a alien from a different planet. I can't remember what one. Not not one yeah, that's important or has been in a bunch of stuff. It goes away. And um, the basics behind it is that he is against gods in general, not yeah. Thor personally. Yeah. He's a god killer. He has a weapon that they get into detail about. We won't spoil, but he has a weapon that is specifically designed to accomplish that purpose and is very good at it. He himself is extremely good. He's a very talented fighter. He's very um, dark and mysterious and 
the, the, powerful in, in a sly and creepy way. Yeah. He's almost like a good mix between like a mystical character and an assassin character. Yes. Yeah. He's an excellent, really well, yeah. well written and drawn character. Well, I can't favorites. wait for a clicks version of him. And another yeah. good thing about this story is it takes place in a 12 issue arc and not a 6 issue arc. So they really get into the detail later after they establish the character and the, the storyline later there's a, like a three issue run just about him yeah. and about his history and why he's the way he is, how it affects everything around him. And he, he's a tragic villain. Almost. Yes, yeah. he's very tragic. And it's 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 it, really, it really could be a movie. Well. I mean, it really could be a you, movie. Yeah, if they did a Thor movie like this, I would. Dear Lord, I'd be. You alone. almost start to feel sorry for him. Yeah. You yeah, you and really do, especially in that arc. Until that we're you see on. the piles and piles and piles of bodies. Yeah, and then you no, 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 then no, you're no. like this guy's space Hitler. Um, the second arc that first and uh, we shouldn't get into the other part because yeah, it's yeah. too much. Just we'll just say there is some absolute badass Thor moments. <laughs> um, I mean Thor moments that you'll. This will be talked about for a long time. My favorite thing about the first arc, though, is they're like, man, we need a good supporting character for Thor. Who would be a good supporting character for Thor? How about about a young Thor and an old Thor? Yeah, the trinity of Thors will be talked about forever. I mean, that's an important part. It's one of the coolest... I'm really hoping that the... Even though it's kind of soon for them to do another Thor set... I kind of want another Thor set eventually with the three Thors as, like, the chases or something. Yeah. Like, that's just a... It's just so cool, and there's so many moments where you're laughing. There's moments where you're legitimately sad over characters dying or stuff like that, or the backstory of stuff. And then, like, there's... It's just so good. And you eventually get to see Volstagg skinny, so... (laughs) Volstagg is in the new arc, too, and he's hilarious. Uh, the second arc is about Malekith, who is going to be the main topic in the movie as well. I can't wait for that movie. The Again, the arc is very well drawn. It's only three issues in, or two. Uh, I can't I remember if it's three. two. I think it's three. Uh, the first issue is like what I was saying a minute ago. It's it's one of the best single issues yeah. that I've read in a long time. So it's like a medieval epic, kind of. Like it's a, yes. It's well, that's... It sets up Malekith and what's going on with him. It, it introduces him extremely well. Gives you his persona and what he's like. And it sets it like I said. It feels very Lord of the Ring Ringsish. It sets up these characters. It sets up the quest, and then it gets into the actual action, and it's awesome. Um, are there space sharks? There are not space sharks. <laughs> I don't want to read it. It's shut up. It, I mean, I may be, I may be thinking a little optimistically, but I think it's already looking like it's going to be even better than the first arc, which oh, is, man. which is really big. Not going to be hard to top. Yeah, I'm serious though. It's very good. You read that first first part issue of it where it, it's interesting. See, You'll be hooked. The thing, the thing about the first arc that I liked was one of my favorite things in comics are when you hit the end of a comic and you open those last few panels and you audibly say, "Oh shit!" Like. Yeah, Thor. Thor was that one comic that really frustrated yeah. me almost. Reading between week to week, I I ended up reading it in one sitting. Like I was about to go to work, and I went one through you know one through six, the first arc, and I realized, oh shit, it's not over. Yeah, <laughs> so I I ended up sitting back down before I went to go get ready, and I was like, I gotta read this, I gotta read this, I gotta read this, I gotta read this, and then I finished it, and I was like. 
They're saying more issues. <laughs> it's funny because for me, I wasn't. A, I'm not a Thor fan. Like I, I like Thor. I'm not like a huge fan of him. I don't find him that interesting usually. Like he has his quips and his moments and stuff like that that I like. But I've never been able to tolerate like a ton of Thor at once. I never thought I would come to say my favorite comic is a Thor comic right now. And that's exactly what this comic's done. And that takes a hell of a lot. I've always been a passive Thor fan. Um, I didn't read his dedicated books, really. I would read Journey into Mystery sometimes, uh, which is him and Loki and you know the Asgardians in general, and the Warriors 3 and, and Sif and everything. Um, but like you said... I would have never said I. I really wouldn't have ever thought that I would ever say Thor is my favorite Marvel book right now. Yeah, it definitely. Is. Like, and this creative team is like just absolutely perfect. They're just killing it with this series right now, and I hope they stay on it for years to come. To be honest, yeah. This um, if they can keep this quality up, this could literally become one of those like legendary it, series. In my mind. And as I said, I haven't been reading Thor for a long time. And Thor had some excellent comics back in Golden and Silver Age. Thor really was was a great book. But in my mind, this is the best Thor personally that that I've ever read or you know yeah. ever had to do with. But <sighs> I hope I see a lot more of those artist names. That's for damn sure. Oh yeah, uh, they they do amazing work. Um, as I said, breathtaking moments. Um, the violence in it is cool because it's not like it's. Not gory, gory, but it's like stylistic. It's almost like I almost want to say like three hundred, where like when someone slashes the arm, it's like you see like a wave of blood. It's not like you see like a big grizzly tangled yeah. mass of flesh or whatever. They're yeah. very talented. If you if you want a comic that's really good and gets really deep towards the end, and is just like that run is just so I, amazing. I don't see how anybody could not like this book. I mean. I recommended it to all my non-comic reader friends. Yeah, it's not just... You know, you get some books that are very um, all-story-based and not not that yeah. great of art, not a lot of action. And I'm no, trying to think of a good example. Too. That's the other thing. I'm, yeah, I'm trying to think of a good example Once, of those kinds of books. But you get books like that, then sometimes you get books where you get done with the issue in two minutes because it's all action and yeah. no story. Fear yourself. <laughs> this this, this is doing. absolutely the perfect blend of story and action. Yeah, it's... And, along with excellent art. And the, char- the character development's great. Like, between young Thor, current Thor, old Thor, it's interesting to see the differences between the three. Um, it's interesting to see how Gore grows as a character. Gore, once you get towards the end, Gore is like... He just really shines and like... Like we said, you you start to feel bad for somebody who's a complete and total asshole. Yeah, especially... You feel bad for Space Hitler. I mean, come on. If a book can make you feel bad for Space Hitler... (laughs) Actually, one of my favorite side characters is actually the old librarian god. Yes. He's basically... He's the equivalent of Ben Franklin. He's only in there for like four panels or whatever, but he's hilarious. I read a lot of Deadpool too, and then hilarious. (laughs) So, we need to get Austin to read Deadpool this week. Yeah. And then maybe, I'll read it this week. Alright, next week we can talk about Deadpool. I think what we need to do is designate, here in, here in like a month or so, have a Deadpool week. Where that's like what our whole topic revolves around with the set coming up and everything. We'll, well, take, we'll wait until... Uh, it's a little closer. We Yeah, we get more info on it, on the set. Which will be probably a couple months. But yeah, we'll, we'll definitely have another Deadpool speaking week. Speaking of such, they still haven't announced whether it's 10 boosters per brick yet. Who knows? 
Punisher's battle van and a Deadpool ice Punisher, cream truck. Punisher's battle van is still alive. The dream still the lives. dream lives within us all. So yeah, if you if you didn't catch from how much we were gushing over the book, you it's good. You guys need to get this. I actually just got the hardcovers today. Did you? I was jealous when I Rob's saw Rob's having that sale today. Oh, I gotta see them. Uh, yeah, they're in the they're in the. Oh, yeah. so I was debating whether I wanted to get them or wait till the trade for the trades, but I was like, the art's so good, I'd like the hardcovers. They're like five or six bucks per issue by itself if you paid full price, but they're thirty percent off today. No, I'm saying like the actual hardcover. Yeah, it's like thirty five bucks or thirty bucks, but it was thirty yeah. percent off. So I mean, thirty five bucks is still worth it to me. See, hardcovers usually. Here's my thing. I only buy trades of the books that I absolutely love and that I'm going to share with other people. Because yeah. otherwise, I just buy them an issue for my fish. Just gonna be me. I'll just give them an issue. But if I'm if I'm going to recommend a book to people at work, or uh, you guys, I know you guys would want to borrow it or something like that, then I'll get it in trade. If it's absolutely knock it out of the park, usually I only get for art. I'll get hardcovers. Because the pages on hardcovers are real nice, glossy pages, yeah. and they're bigger too. They they kind of blow it up and expand it, and the page it, the art resolution. the if, art looks much more beautiful. A book like this, and actually Saga, I wish they made hardcovers for too. I would well, get them in hardcover. If you can get it cheap, the original version of Teenage Mutant Nin- like the Ultimate Collection of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, it has such nice pages. It's hardcover. It's got so much bonus content. It's a good pickup. Yeah. But you but need to get it on sale. I'm going to steal these hardcovers, actually. I decided to get it in hardcover when it was on sale today because the art is that good. I mean, I, I'm I'm actually tempted to bring those home to Aaron and Eric and leave them on their desk till they read them because they are. Uh, we already went over that. I'm not even going to start that loop again. Yeah. <laughs> so you <laughs> anyway. guys should read it. Uh, it is even currently taken over. It's better than Ultimate Spider-Man, which is hard for me to say. I, I think that's it's been, better than Venom too. That's been my favorite Marvel Venom's book. Venom is coming to an end. Yeah, yeah, Venom is coming to an end. Uh, sad to see it go, but do, I'm sure that do, do, there's no way that Flash Thompson Venom will not continue on in another book. Yeah, in Thunderbolts. It's funny that two of my <laughs> favorite Marvel, books... but I mean like Avengers book, like Secret Avengers. It's funny that two of my favorite Marvel books have been canceled <laughs> when I started reading them. Who's the other one? X Factor. Oh yeah, God dang it, X Factor. Drew, why you gotta make me sad? I'm sorry. I was in a good mood. Oh, I'm is, sorry. Is Scarlet Spider looking like it's wrapping up anything? That I have no idea. No, as far as story, no, it just started a big arc with Craven, which okay. is really cool. Oh, okay. But uh, anyways, enough comics. We're going to get off here. Again, if you guys have any questions, if you um, want to suggest a just a tip, if you want to submit to our best build, if you want to ask us anything, communicate with us on, uh, we have Gmail, dial H for hero clicks at gmail.com. We're on Facebook. Uh, we have a fan page, and you can like us, you can comment, you can talk, uh, chat with us about opinions. I, I email some people back and forth every week and, and just chat, you know, talk random hero click stuff. Join in on the Austin hate train that apparently is rolling through here. Uh, you can <laughs> message us on Twitter. Now, on Twitter, it's dial H4, the number four hero clicks. We'll give you a free I hate Austin blazer. If you join the club, <laughs> if if we give them to everybody, ours won't be as special. I know. It's like Letterman jackets. But, yeah, <laughs> everybody I has them. Then they're not as special. I for one love mine. <laughs> Keep dreaming, kiddo. So if you guys want to talk to us, communicate with us, uh, hit us up on Gmail, Twitter, or Facebook, and do not forget to submit to Best Build. Do it. 
<laughs> again, when you submit the best build, you can email them to me, or I will also open a thread on HC Realms and Reddit for that. Do it. Don't forget to turn in your team bases. Actually, by the time you listen to this, it's too late, so shame on you for not submitting your team base on time. And we'll see you guys next week. Do it.